their need. But let me share with you now the word of the Lord as we hear him speak to us. And we're going to be using uh, this gospel reading from Matthew during this season of Lent. And be talking about and, and, and uh, embracing a, a perspective that maybe is a little bit foreign to us in that parable of the talents. That parable of the talents that's called the privilege we've been given. Let, let's, let's lay out that kind of theme for us. The privilege we've been given. That word privilege kind of carries a lot of different meanings maybe for us. Privilege kind of has maybe a meaning of, of that's something that somebody else has. They're a person of privilege. I'm not, that's not me. That doesn't define my life and my living. For us, maybe spiritually, uh, as we heard the word of the Lord today, we might think that, well, Adam and Eve, they were privileged. I got to walk with God face to face every day. Man, I wish that would, I could have that. I wish that was me. What a privilege for them. Well, quite frankly, if it were Tim and Sue instead of Adam and Eve, we would have gone the same way as, as Adam and Eve and ruined that privilege. Uh, any one of us, right? We find ourselves linked to Adam and Eve and humanity. Privilege is not something that somebody else has that doesn't define us. And, and privilege is not something that somebody else once had. But I'm going to be using this phrase defining for us the privilege we've been given as we hear it spoken in this timeless word of the Lord in Matthew chapter 25, the parable that we heard this morning. You have your Bibles with you, please join me there in Matthew. Uh, and on the back side of your bulletin, there's a place to take some notes if you'd like to do that this morning. We hear in Matthew 25 of this, this parable that we've uh, been given in, in particularly waiting for the return of Jesus. Oftentimes, we hear of this parable spoken in the last few weeks of the church year, usually in November, as we celebrate the waiting for the coming of the Lord again in His Advent. But these next weeks of Lent, are going to be, this parable is going to be serving for us as a, a springboard into, uh, uh, into, again, hearing the privilege we've been given as God's managers. I want to join with us today in particularly verse 14 as we kick off this season of Lent. Again, Jesus says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth or his property to them. So Jesus lays out an idea of somebody who's got a, 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 an estate. Uh, and and we're gonna, we'll, we'll define that for you in, in a minute here. And he entrusts, he gives this estate over uh, to those who are his, his servants. He entrusts it to them. To entrust something is to hand over that which belongs to you. In, in fact, it even has that sense of saying, I'm abandoning any kind of ownership that I have, giving it over to you in completeness. You deal with it. You, you manage it. The biblical term for that is steward. You steward what I'm handing over to you the way that you best see fit. Now, the privilege we've been given is the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to understand the privilege of managing what we've been entrusted is the privilege of serving the Lord, His kingdom, and managing what we are entrusted with from His perspective. 
So when Jesus says, I'm handing over to you, I'm abandoning, I'm abandoning to you, I'm wanting you to deal with what I'm entrusting you with, you manage it for the glory of my kingdom. And when we talk about wealth or this property that this, this landowner is handing over, what we're talking about is, are, are two words there. The word hyparcho is, uh, is made up of two words. Hypo means under, that it's under somebody or, this, for instance, this landowner. And arco means uh, that it's from the beginning it was under this person. So we could say that this, this, is, this has been under, the landowner could say, this has been under me, I possess it, because it's been with me from the beginning. And, and, and of course, as we hear this as God's people, that takes us right back to God, who is the creator and maker of all. We can easily see that this is our Heavenly Father speaking to us as His servants. I am entrusting you with that which has been under me from the very beginning. I own it. It's my possession. But I'm abandoning it to you. Friends, that's the privilege of stewardship. A biblical understanding of the stewarding of life and all of its resources that we've been called into in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, to help maybe clarify this a little bit about what, what is this wealth and property that Jesus is talking about, we as in our, in our humanity have, have associated uh, the, the word talents with that. We call it the parable of the talents, right? And oftentimes we link that thought of a talent to money, it equals finance. And so this is where we often find ourselves tripping up with the thought of stewardship is that it's linked to finances only, oftentimes. It's not. Talent is a measurement unit. It's not a coin. It's not, a, it's not a, 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 like a dollar bill. It's not a denomination of money. It's a measurement of unit. And so when Jesus or, or the English uses that word talent, uh, that the understanding in biblical times in Jesus' day was that a talent was equal to weight of about 75 pounds, all right? So Jesus says in this parable that one of the servants is, giving, is given f- uh, five talents. I don't, my math isn't so good, 75 times five, whatever that is. Uh, another is given uh, two talents. Well, that's 150 pounds of talent, you could say. Or another one's given 75 pounds, one, one talent. Now, oftentimes, again, uh, in, our, in like our English translation this morning, it equated that wealth, that property, to bags of gold, right? And, and the one servant was given five bags of gold or, or five talents. One was given two talents, two bags of gold, and, and one one. All right, so if we do the math here a little bit, whatever the price of gold is per ounce, one talent would be equal to $1.4 million today. And one servant got 1.4 times 5 million. One servant got 2 times 1.4, and the other servant got 1. Hey, we'd all be happy with 1.4, right? What, what the point is here is that it's such a large sum, it's the vastness of this landowner's estate, that even with one talent, it's so much blessing 
that we're called to manage and steward that the landowner would see it fit to abandon the generosity of his estate to his servants. And that's what he does. He entrusts his servants with his wealth. And the word there that Jesus uses for servants brings us into a relationship under him as his possession. The word is doulos. And the word really means slave. That we who are hearing this parable of Jesus belong to him. We're under him. We have been his possession from the very beginning of his redeeming work. And he entrusts us as his doulos, his slaves, to the management of his estate. What a privilege, friends. Right? Is this not an incredible privilege that we have been given as God's people, entrusted with the landowner's estate? Where we struggle, right, is, is this idea of a talent, bags of gold, wealth, property, estate, that it has to do with finances. Now, the wealth that God's given to us, managing of, of income, the managing of finances, that's an aspect and a part of this landowner's estate that he calls us to manage. But it's much bigger than that. It's broader than that. It's all of what the landowner, God our Heavenly Father, has under his possessions. We could think about it this way for us. One of those uh, possessions that he has is his grace. And in Jesus, he dispenses, he gives, he abandons this grace to us freely for us to manage. Another are, are the fruits of the Spirit that come from a relationship in the Spirit through Jesus Christ. And those fruit of the Spirit are ours to manage, to steward. What a privilege that is to be fruited with the Spirit. Hmm. Uh, there's skills, there's abilities, there's knowledge, this wrench with the, the two guys holding that. That over time, we, we gather abilities, we gather knowledge and skills through work or school or, or life experience. And God uses that for his glory. And we're called to manage those blessings of his kingdom. We, we know that God has gifted to us by his spirit unique spiritual gifts. As he chooses to apportion it, some five, some two, some one. All of us managing that which we've been gifted by the Spirit for the glory of God within the body of the church. All of this in the fullness of Christ Jesus to which we're called to grow into as, as managers, as stewards of his kingdom. What a privilege it is. And then the tree I put in there to help us give us an image of, of life and all of it. All of life's resources, the clothing I'm wearing, the food I eat, the relationships I've been given, the car I drive, the home I live in, and the job, the financial resources, all of that. All of this is owned by that landowner who gives it to us. Adam and Eve had it all. And they had it all in perfect unity with that landowner. And he had abandoned all of that to them to care and take, uh, to take care of and manage. Adam got to name the animals. How, a, how much of a creative guy is he, right? Who would think up the name platypus? But Adam came up with that name. Praise God. All right, Adam. Way to go. 
And they managed all of this creation of, of God's and the relationship that they were given. And they got to walk with God daily. What a privilege. And, and they blew it. <laughs> they mismanaged that privilege. And that mismanagement of that privilege is the curse that we now bear of sin. And their mismanagement is our mismanagement of all that the landowner has under his possession from the beginning and that he gives to us freely to steward and manage. And you know the, blessed, the, the mystery, the privilege of this is the landowner still knows that we're going to abuse the privilege of managing all of life and its resources, everything that he has, and yet he still gives it to us. He still gives it to us. Is that not grace? Is that not God's love for us that even in our sin, he loves us? Paul would speak about this truth in Romans chapter 5, what you heard Barbara read. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace? <laughs> Think about David and his cup that runneth over, right? This is what we're thinking about here. The blessings of abundant grace overflowing in our lives. The gift of righteousness that we reign in life through the one that man, Jesus Christ. Abundant grace that flows from the very death of Jesus to forgive us our sins. Where, Lord, I am a mismanager of the privilege you've given me. Forgive me. And in that righteousness that claims us as new people, so we grasp and live in those blessings the privilege as his managers. Friends, this is the privilege we've been given, that God continues to pour out his abundant blessings and calls us into this management relationship in him. The truth is, I, each one of us, have been entrusted with the wealth, the property, the blessings of the landowner. And we've been called to grasp the privilege of this truth. As God's people, lives have been renewed in Jesus. Your spirit hears this truth and receives it now in the blessing and the privilege that it's meant to be. His grace, these abilities and knowledge and skills that he's given me, the fruit of his spirit that's alive within me, even those spiritual gift or gifts that he's given me, all of life and its resources. Lord, what a privilege. Let me grasp this truth, and not just grasp it in a believing kind of way, but grasp it to live it out, to share it, to manage in a, in a way that brings you glory and, and honors your name and is a blessing to your kingdom. How might that happen among us? How is the privilege that we've been given lived out? Ah, here's where our, our Bible passage for the month comes into play. You'll be getting one of these uh, as you walk out the doors this morning. You can pick up your Bible verse that we're memorizing this month, taking into our heart. This truth that comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid. No, the Spirit of God works in us power and love and self-discipline. How about that? in a way of living out this privilege that we've been given, we're not given a spirit of cowardice. That's what timidity means. You're not, you're not the cowardly lion. 
waiting for something to happen to you to make you brave. That's already happened in you, Christ Jesus living in you and me. No, we've got a spirit of power, dynamis, where we get the word dynamite. The power of God lives in you. And that power of God is exercised in love. And guess which word the Spirit uses there to define love? Agape. Agape. Which is a selfless, centered love. I don't live for me. I don't live for my wants, my, even my needs. I live for the Lord and for the love of my neighbor in the managing of life and all of its resources that he's given. What a privilege that is. In, in, in power, God's power in me, in his love that I know from him, now exercised in self-discipline. Self-discipline. Self-discipline just doesn't have to do with making smart choices of what I eat, <laughs> like staying away from sugars and carbs, right? Self-discipline has to do with the bigger, broader picture of, Lord, how is it that what you've called me to manage in life, everything that you've owned and you've abandoned to me, how does this fit into your will? That's, friends, that's self-discipline. The self-discipline of the Spirit that defines this truth for us as his servants. Doulos. Those who belong to him. What a privilege we've been given. You're going to hear me say this quite a few times over the next few weeks. I hope that as, uh, as the word of the Lord impacts our lives, this will become a, a phrase in your thought, your heart, in your life in your sharing and living with others. What a privilege we've been given as God's people. And that privilege is highlighted even more when we know the forgiveness of our sins that, that our Savior so freely wants to give to us. So, so this is where, as I mentioned earlier, after we hear the word of the Lord, we gather in, in repentant hearts and raise our cries for forgiveness up into the Lord's hands. Friends, Let's confess and pray. Lord God of creation, of our lives, and the faith we enjoy in you, guide us through this season that we may not avoid struggle, but open ourselves to blessing, to the cleansing depths of repentance and the heaven-rending words of the Spirit. Lord, hear our hearts as we cry out to you and say, as your people, we long for your word to lead us into all truth. Like a double-edged sword, pierce our souls in contrition for our sinfulness and cut away that which keeps us from walking in your ways. We repent that as your stewards, we have failed to grasp the responsibility we have been given to manage all that you have given us. We confess that our lives have often squandered the blessings you have given us. We have not received your gifts in thankfulness. We have not employed your gifts in the joy of being your servants. We have not used the blessings of your hand for your glory. Forgive us in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Jesus paid the price for our redemption 
In his name we repent. Amen. And the Lord speaks his truth to us and into our hearts. That by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, Adam. But how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the righteousness of Christ the Lord reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven through the righteousness that is yours in Christ Jesus, your Lord and Savior. He renews you to grasp as his steward and employ the privilege that you've been given to manage his estate, his gifts. Be empowered and be renewed in your life for the spirit that God gave us does not make us cowardly, but it gives us power and love and self-discipline. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let God's people say amen. Amen. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Heavenly Father, and the peace of the Spirit that passes our understanding keep our hearts and minds in who we are, His servants. In Jesus' name, amen.